follow that were just ridiculous. Just three or four. And the vice president of the college. Good. How many of you, because of your faith or your parents, uh, didn't allow you to watch certain shows, certain television? Why don't we, we can take a step of faith here. Call them out. What are some of the shows you weren't allowed to watch? The Simpsons. Ninja Turtles. Which one? Salem Rose. All right, thank you. How many of you look back upon that time now and think, you know, Mom, Dad, that was just ridiculous. There's nothing wrong with Homer Simpson or uh, the Ninja Turtles. For me, it was a show called Bewitched. You ever hear the show Bewitched? Not like the movie starring uh, Will Ferrell and uh, the other lady, uh, but uh, the old 70s show, which I'm sure none of you have seen. Um, in our text today, in Galatians 3, 23 through 28, we're going to come back to some of these rules. We see uh, Paul is writing to a church that he helped begin, he helped start. We don't know too much, we don't know many details about this uh, Christian community, but we know that he was probably a founder of the church, and it appears if we read the whole book, it seems as if some false teachers have got into the church uh, and are telling these Gentile Christians, meaning they weren't Jewish, they were telling these Gentile Christians that now you must follow the law of Moses. Uh, not only that, you must uh, be circumcised and you must follow, which doesn't go over very big with guys that are grown men. That's not a popular thing. So then you also must not uh, eat. You need to follow all these rituals and all these laws. And these teachers seem to have been saying, if you really are a follower of Christ, this is what you must do. And Paul is really frustrated and angry uh, by this. And he comes across in the tone of his letter here in uh, Galatians. And we're just going to look at a few verses and see uh, what the Lord has in store for us this morning. Galatians chapter 3, verses 23 through 28. And uh, in respect and reverence to the word of the Lord, will you please stand for the reading this morning. Galatians three twenty-three. Now before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until, until faith would be revealed. Therefore the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, your word has been spoken. By the power of your Holy Spirit, apply it to our hearts and lives that we might be forever changed. Let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. In verse 24, the NRSV says, Therefore the law was our disciplinarian. And in the Greek word that is used there, uh, pedagogos, I believe that's the correct pronunciation, uh, is referring to a, a family servant. A family servant that was responsible for the welfare of the child. Uh, this servant was not responsible for any of the education or teaching or any household affairs. This servant was simply responsible for the protection of this child or of the children of the family. They would walk the children to school and pick them up from school and make sure they were safe and make sure uh, no harm would come to them. And that is the, the word that Paul is using here to describe what the law was for the Jews before Christ came. 
It was a, a hedge of protection. It, it was a guardian that you should follow. He is in no way dismissing the law or, or rejecting it by any stretch of the imagination. But he is saying, now that faith has come in Christ, now that faith has come in Christ Jesus, it is not the law that is our foundation. It is the gospel. It is the person of Jesus Christ. Our faith has come through Christ. And, and that is who we follow and who we serve, though we still honor and respect the law. So he is telling them, don't tell these Gentiles that they must now follow all these rituals that you follow. And he wasn't even dismissing the rituals of the Jewish people at this time. He wasn't saying that you shouldn't follow the practices that you want to follow, but don't impose it on others. It's not about the law anymore. It is about, it is about Christ who has come. And I think if we, as we talk about these... Uh, uh, shows we weren't allowed to watch, or movies we weren't allowed to watch, and I didn't even ask what songs or groups you weren't allowed to listen to. I think we need to recognize, and I hope you recognize now, many of you just out of the home for a few months and some for a few years, that maybe your parents were really trying to uh, keep you in protective custody. That's actually one of the way the, the translation reads it. Uh, in the NRSV it says, it says guarded, but another one says you were in protective custody, so to speak. That maybe now you look back upon it and think that was foolish and ridiculous. And I was such an outcast. My friends thought I was so silly and my family was weird because I couldn't watch Homer Simpson or, or the Ninja Turtles. And back in the day, I assumed that physical education has come a long way and that square dancing is no longer one of the uh, things that you study and learn in high school. Did any of you have to actually take square dancing? Oh, you do. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. My apologies to the school districts in uh, which you have uh, been brought up in. Uh, but uh, I grew up in a denomination where there was no dancing. We weren't allowed to dance. That denomination was called the Church of Nazarene. <laughs> so if uh, square dancing took place, I was one of those kids. Now maybe, oh, this was so painful. I, uh, but years of therapy with Brad Thorne while I was a student have helped me through it. But I had to write a note. My parents wrote a note to say, uh, Corey cannot participate in gym today. Because you're dancing to the devil. No, my mom didn't say it like that. It's just kind of silly and foolish. But that's, that's just where they were in their, in their spiritual journey. My brother, a few years later, I have a brother who's a few years older than I was, and there was a show on MTV, probably before you were born, it was called Club MTV with Downtown Julie Brown. Has anyone ever heard of Club MTV with Downtown Julie Brown? Four of you, great. Well, it was a, it was a dance show that was on MTV every uh, every afternoon from like 4 to 4.30 and downtown Julie Brown would conclude the show with Wubba 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 and all this stuff. I mean, and it was just music playing like American Bandstand and even that's a silly example because you have no idea what American Bandstand is but there were these shows that they would just play music and you'd watch just people dance. That was, am I articulating right, Jamaica? Yes, I am. Okay, so you get the idea. Well, my brother was a regular. He was, uh, he was, uh, he was, how do I say this? He was uh, a producer of the show, saw so him at a club dancing. Now you're saying, well, why was your brother at a club dancing if he's a Nazarene? That's a good question. <laughs> so he was a regular on one of these shows every afternoon, and uh, one weekend a month they would uh, go into New York at the studios and they'd film 20 shows on, from Friday night to Saturday night. And so he was on that, that show for years, and uh, he's not with Jesus anymore, and I blame MTV and dancing. So that's why we don't dance in the denomination. Thank you. No need to continue. There's no need for further discussion. But so, my brother and I, we grew up, we grew up with this rule, and, it, and I think maybe some of you, or, or if you didn't have families, that maybe you had friends who had these rules and regulations that, that didn't allow things, that seemed to be so absurd, so ridiculous. And I heard a pastor talk about his upbringing once, his name's Leonard Sweet, and 
he was talking about the very, very conservative home he grew up in, much more conservative than uh, the Church of the Nazarenes in regards to social issues and what they should wear and where they could go and couldn't go and all these things. And I just need to say, when I was a student, we weren't allowed to go to movies. Don't ask me if I went to a movie when I was a student, because it changed our sophomore year. But just to show, we, we're making progress on, on some things. But this pastor, Leonard Sweet, said his mother would say to him over and over again, which he did not appreciate as a child, but now he appreciates as an adult and a married and married and a father. She used to say to him, I'm not trying to isolate you. I'm trying to insulate you. I'm not trying to isolate you. I'm, I'm trying to insulate you. And there is a big difference there, isn't there? And Paul is not saying, I am not rejecting the law. And it, it is not absurd and it must not be thrown out. But we must understand that our faith is not about following rules. Our, fa- our faith is not following these these standards that, that we seem to think are just our, our guardian. That is not the foundation of our faith. And for many of us, we grew up thinking that was what our faith was all about. Following rules and regulations. Our faith was about what we could not do. And now we come to this point in life at this critical age where you find yourselves and, and now you begin to question and, and seek new things and look at things from different perspectives. And so how do you view your Upbringing. How do you view whether it was your home or a friend's home? These these days that seem so restrictive. Can I encourage you to understand that that is a church's love for you, a parent's love for you? We don't have all things figured out. Uh, I can honestly say, as a parent, we we don't always understand the best ways, but we really try our best not to isolate, but simply to insulate you. And so Paul says, we are children of God through faith. It's no longer about the law. Christ has come. In no other way could we have been released from this confinement of rules and regulations. It's no longer about following rules. It's about following Christ. And there is a big difference. There is a big difference between following rules and and what you can't do and, and following Christ and what he calls you to do. Don't lose sight of that. There is this personal union that now exists for believers that are in Christ. For in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. As many of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. I like that. Clothe yourselves with Christ. I was tempted to title the sermon today, ENC's Dress Code. That we clothe ourselves with Christ. No, it is not about rules and regulations. It's about following our Savior and Lord who has come and receiving Him in faith. A personal union with Christ now exists. There are different ways that people baptize. Some are immersed, some are sprinkled, but when those who go through the the baptism of immersion, there is a powerful symbolism there because it symbolizes the dying and rising with Christ. That as you are immersed into the water, you die to yourself and then when you are raised up out of the water, you are raised with Christ and you are clothed with Christ. We then follow Christ. This this union, this relationship now exists. And as Paul says in Galatians 2.20, It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved and gave himself up for me. So as Christians, it is not about following rules and regulations. It's about allowing Christ that lives within us to be glorified in all that we do. And following our Savior. We do not follow rules. We are followers of Christ. There is a big difference. 
As I get older, I'm becoming more... I don't... I tried... I was even asking you today, what word should I use? I'm becoming like a buddy-duddy or a, a close-minded, uh, just a, a goof, fool, I don't know. Or so it'll seem. If, 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 I, if I knew when I was your age that I would have some of the standards I now have, I, I would think, well, he's just... That's just ridiculous. But a couple years ago, I was watching my favorite sitcom. Now, I'm going to go into an illustration, and I'm not saying that this is a rule you have to follow. I'm just going to tell you where I am. I'm just going to tell you where I am in my understanding, what I believe God is calling me to, and I, I, I believe many of us, but it's not about me, as I mentioned the show, to say, don't you ever watch that again. That's going to be something, you're, you're adults now, you have to make a decision, is your life going to be about following rules or rejecting the upbringing you have, which I don't think was more about rules, I think it was more about following Christ. And you have now come to the place where you must decide, will you be a follower of Christ? So I give this example for where I am in my journey. A few years ago I was watching my, my favorite sitcom, which is still on the air, How I Met Your Mother. I, I thank you there were no amens, all right, because I'm going in a different direction. I thought the uh, character on that episode, Barney, was one of the funniest characters uh, on the, that I've ever seen on television. I just, oh, I thought that was so funny. I thought he was so funny. I like the suits that he wears. I mean, he's just, he's just a, a funny, funny guy. And I found myself laughing week after week after week at this character, this Barney, who is nothing but a womanizer. That is all he is. He does it in jokes and humor, but he is a womanizer. He takes advantage. Now, many of you may come up afterwards and say, did you know last season Barney found Jesus? And maybe he did. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't watched it in a few years. But I started thinking about not necessarily how that's happening on television and movies, and you're saying, so we're not supposed to watch television or movies. Again, I'm just telling you where I am, and this is what I came to the understanding, that I was becoming desensitized to the fact that he was a womanizer. That it was harming women, that these relationships that they were making jokes over and the hearts that were being broken, I was laughing at that, which means I was becoming desensitized. So it's not about following rules, it's about following our Savior, and I just don't believe the Lord wants me to come, become desensitized to people who womenize, abuse, who don't care, and treat women properly. And if these shows are changing me to where I'm becoming desensitized to it, then I don't want to be a part of it. Now, when I was your age, if I heard someone say that, I would say, oh, it's just a rule and a regulation that he had seen in the chapter was found. No, I'm just saying it's about following a Savior, and I just don't think he wants me to become desensitized to the way women are being treated in our society and our media. So that is where I am. And it's not about being closed-minded and closed off and thinking that everything that is not... Christian publication and Christian movies and Christian TV can't be watched and get something from. I tried this summer. I promise I tried this summer. I tried. I tried. I wasted hours of my life. I didn't want to be the chaplain. Well, of course, you can't speak against that if you've never read it. And I, so many students were talking to me about these books and I had nothing to say about it. I didn't want to just say what I heard in the media without actually giving them a chance. So I tried. Jamika, I tried. I tried. I tried. Many people will lose respect for me here in a moment when I share with you what I read. And well, you should. I tried reading the Twilight series. I tried. <laughs> because I heard these things about the vampires, and everyone's reading the books, and everyone's going to the movies, and girls are getting emotional talking about it, and, and I'm thinking, this guy's a vampire. 
How, how, how are you so attracted to a vampire? Have we become so desensitized in our culture that we are attracted to vampires? I mean, come, please, let's just think about it for a moment, please. And I know some of you guys have been fans, so don't act like you're not. Personally, I'm a team Edward, but that's beside the point. That is beside. I got to the. I, I must have driven, I must have traveled in the car all over the region, checking in on summer ministry teams, and had to drive out to the Midwest by myself. I must have driven. I don't know, twelve thousand miles. It's a lot of miles. So I listened to him on on CD. And uh, I'm telling you, I could not get through the final book. It was so disgusting. It was just... Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, the whole imprinting, the baby, all... Oh, it was awful. So don't... Don't... Don't say... Don't say that I didn't give it a try. Don't say that I didn't try to understand. I did try to understand, and I've been harmed because of it, and I'm back in therapy with, with Brad. But I don't want you to think, too, at the same time I'm saying everything that is not, again, Christian publishing, Christian is not good, or, or, or we can't get entertainment from. I, I understand some of that, though I wouldn't recommend the Twilight series at all. Plus, he's a very controlling, and that's a whole other relationship issue, but we'll deal with that in a small group or something like that. Don't glorify these two guys, Edward and Jay. They are. They're controlling in relationships. Have you know? All right, now I'm done. Okay. So we have these... these rules that we sometimes do this, but I believe it's just the way that Christ is calling me calling me to live. And, and there's another thing that even if we never want to live our lives in a way that may harm another person. We never want to do anything that would harm someone else in their spiritual journey. So maybe watching a certain show or a movie or uh, doing something that you don't feel would be harmful to you, will you please be sensitive to the fact that since we have clothed ourselves with Christ, sometimes he calls us to give things up for the sake of others. It's not about following rules because we don't trust you or someone doesn't trust you or God is legalistic. It's because when we clothe ourselves with Christ, we are sometimes called to give things up for others so it doesn't harm someone else. We are to change the way we live so it doesn't harm someone else. I shared this story, I believe, the first semester I was here. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, this was many years ago, and by the grace of God, he has, he, he has found victory over an addiction to pornography. His marriage is great, his children are great. He is a wonderful man of God, but he was uh, in, just trapped, just trapped uh, into an addiction to pornography. His first exposure to pornography happened in the men's dorm here at ENC. Right here. He remembers the moment he walked into his room and his friend had a video. He, he remembers it to this day. And again, by the grace of God, he found healing. And as our speaker a few weeks ago said in our evening forum, it's something that you can find healing from and get better. And we're here to help you if you find yourself caught in that. And I said, did you ever let so-and-so know what happened? He said, I couldn't do that. Oh, it would devastate. It was his roommate, their dear friends. It would crush him. It would devastate. See, how we live affects the lives of others. So it's not about following rules because we're trying to isolate you. It's about following rules because we're trying to be a community that glorifies Christ and looks out and cares for others. Do you know that there are people in this community, I don't know them specifically, but I know some students come to this 
campus that choose to come to Eastern Nazarene College for many reasons, but for one of those reasons is because they're a recovering alcoholic or a recovering drug addict. Do you understand that they choose the school because they want to be in a community? Whereas they work through their own battles and struggles and God is in the midst of healing them, they don't want to be in circumstances or situations that will harm that recovering growth and healing that God wants to do in their lives. Do not get in anyone's way where God is in the midst of healing. It is not about rules. It is not about regulations. It's about clothing ourselves with Christ so that He might be glorified. So that healing through Christ may come. Not from our own efforts, but through the efforts of others. And, and I didn't understand that when I was a student here. And I was pastoring actually for a year and I shared this story as well. I had a member of the congregation who was a recovering alcoholic. His name was Ralph and he was making such good progress in his journey. When uh, I, I know I shared this before, but when he prayed to receive Christ at the altar, it was at another church in New Jersey and then he moved to Long Island. He had tears rolling down his eyes, crying out to Christ, Oh, Lord, this is beautiful. And then he goes into these vulgarities of, Lord, this is blankety-blank beautiful. This is blankety-blank. Just cursing at the altar, giving God praise for all that God has done in his life. But that's where he was in his life. That's the only way he knew how to articulate what was happening in his life. And God understands that. A few months later, it was actually, I guess, a year later, he's in recovery, he's in AA, and... I said, Ralph, why don't you come over to me to this restaurant? It was like a TGI Fridays. You know, it was just one of those restaurants that have a bar in the restaurant. He says, no, and, and Ralph was unemployed. I said, Ralph, come on, let me just buy you a meal. And the life of drug addiction and alcohol, he, he had lost everything, and he's trying to be a better father to his daughter. He's really getting his life together. Oh, he had so many battles, and he was a beautiful man of God. I said, no, Ralph, come on, let me just take... He said, Pastor Corey, I can't go anywhere where there's a bar. It was not a rule or regulation for him. It was just a fact of life for him. That if he got near it, he would stumble back into that lifestyle again. And he did stumble from time to time. And it occurred to me in that moment that his own pastor, his own pastor could have an influence in his life that was harmful. Let us live in a way so it may not be a struggle to you. So it may not be an issue or an addiction, but that doesn't mean it isn't to someone else. That doesn't mean that the Lord has people in your life where He has entrusted them to be a friend of yours and He wants you to live a life that is clothed with Christ so that Christ might be glorified and not your own gender ideas the way you think you should be. As we move into the closing verses of this passage, Paul writes, There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male or female. For all of you are one. In Christ Jesus. This does not mean that those who are in Christ cease to be men and women. It doesn't mean that. Rather, these distinctions are no longer the determinative identity. They are no longer the determinative identity. They are no longer a grounds for status or exclusion. No longer a grounds for status or exclusion. Rather, we are all one in Christ Jesus. And we must live our lives in a way that cares and looks out and loves one another. And the world around us. I was looking at the ENC Lifestyle Covenant in preparation for this message. Because I know that's like the number one read here on campus. That and Twilight. 
As a voluntary member of this community, it talks about how we ask that you uphold a community of learning, mutual respect, and well-being for other students, for all students. It goes in, and I know we, we often think of the lifestyle of covenant, we view it as rules. We don't do this, we don't do that, we can't do this, we can't do that. Uh, and I know the dancing one's a big one, and some... And, let me just explain where we are in that journey a little bit. Because we're a denominational school, uh, we are held accountable to the church. And the Church of the Nazarene says that you know, dancing outside of cultural or religious or acts of worship uh, should, not, should not happen. I think that that will eventually change. Uh, probably, probably after you graduate, but it will eventually, it will eventually change. Uh, that's where we are in this journey. And I know it seems like a law and a rule, and I guess uh, that's the way it feels sometimes. Let me tell you what will happen the moment this does change. And I assume that it will, I can't guarantee, but I assume it will, and they'll be dancing. Here's what's going to happen. Mark, I promise you this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. We're going to have uh, events where they'll be dancing, and some of you, some of you, are going to dance with another person that's going to make the whole place uncomfortable. Have you ever been in this situation? <laughs> One person agrees with me. It will be so awkward. Faculty won't want to attend. Staff won't want to attend. Students will drop by. That's, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> but it's not a thing about necessarily dancing is necessarily bad. It's just where we are. So even though I think maybe it's time for a change, I still have to respect the values of the denomination to which I'm an ordained minister. Right? See, I think that's part of me being clothed with Christ. Even though I don't, um, I wouldn't say that I don't agree with it, I actually understand some of the thinking behind it, but because I am an ordained minister in the church, I feel I have to hold myself accountable and be responsible for it. Let me give one illustration that might help. In high school, we got together with another church uh, that was, again, very, very conservative. All the ladies in the church that we did this joint event with uh, wore long skirts all the time. They felt that the skirts had to go all the way to the ankle. They never cut their hair. Um, so we're playing basketball, and... Uh, and the guys on, from our church and stuff, we had our shirts off, and, um, and then they came up to us and said, would you mind putting your shirts back on? And we thought that was kind of silly. And I said, oh, they probably don't want people to stumble into lust by looking at me. Yeah, I'll put it back on. I'll put it back on. I don't, I don't want to cause anyone to sin, you understand. But that's a little bit of an exaggeration. But anyway, you understand what I'm saying. But looking back upon that now, is, and we hemmed and hawed and threw a fit and almost ruined the whole afternoon. Because like, this is stupid, this is ridiculous. You know, I think as a Christian, I was supposed to respect that. I was supposed to respect their belief. I was supposed to respect their practices of life. It wasn't about following a rule, though I felt that's the way it was at that time. It was about following Christ. And if this is uncomfortable for you in your journey, or if this is important to you, then I will honor and respect where you are. And so we have this ENC life covenant. And we talk about commit to a lifestyle choices that support and encourage growth and development. We talk about having core values of honesty and integrity, respect for the property of others. All of these in the, in the handbook are backed up with scripture. We talk about being a contributing member in this community and showing concern for the conditions which support the learning and development of myself and others. When I was a student, even to the point of graduation, I viewed the ENC lifestyle covenant as nothing but a bunch of rules. And maybe it's because I'm old and not watching certain sitcoms. Maybe I'm just out of touch. 
Or maybe I've just come to a deeper understanding that I've been clothed with Christ. And that it's not about following me. It is about following our Savior. We are a different community than others. We are a Christian community. Certainly an academic community, but a Christian community. So we gather here for chapel twice a week. Part of a requirement, isn't it? Maybe sometimes it feels like a, a law or a rule. But because we have clothed ourselves with Christ, we gather together twice a week. And I think the song was saying that the group introduced to us articulated best. We gather together and sing for this is the sound of the redeemed rising up to praise our King. So we gather together as the redeemed to sing these songs. Some of us, we don't know all the songs, don't know all the words. Some of you, like myself, can't sing at all. But we raise our voices to the King and give praise. Will you do that not only in this chapel, but will you do it in every area of this campus, in every area of your life? I don't want you to follow rules. I want you to follow Christ. Please be safe. Heavenly Father, we take these few moments and just again, I don't think anyone will be upset from, of me to speak on behalf of the administration and on behalf of the faculty and on behalf of staff and all those who invest in the school by saying we surrender to you. Your spirit has been present here for many years. May we be faithful in what you've called us to do and be here on this campus and community as you, been, as you have entrusted these beautiful young people with us for just a few short years. May we be faithful in all that we do. And for all of us, Lord, may we recognize that the journey with you is not about rules and regulations. It's about following our Savior. Our faith has come through Jesus Christ our Lord. May we glorify you in all that we do. We pray in Christ's name. You are dismissed. Go on.